Warning, this episode contains foul language, reference to traumatic life experiences, animal testing, and a conspiracy that includes politics. for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we have the absolute pleasure of sitting down to discuss something weird, and this week is no exception. Well, you may be a lover, but you ain't no dancer, this week we are throwing together a Helter Skelter episode. These are fun little guys we do about twice a season where we throw in topics that didn't fit into other episodes or had to get cut for time and they are randomly some of my favorite episodes Mm -hmm. my name is ashley and this is my co-host lauren hello weirdos (laughs) and uh buckle up we got some ground to cover we do i'm so happy that we're back back in action oh my gosh i know oh man Um, my goodness what a time to be alive (laughs) (laughs) we've been texting for like no joke probably four full days Yep. Of like how excited we are to record. Yeah. Um, it's Tuesday night here, so you guys will be listening in a couple days. Um, that was actually the first thing I want to say. We're really, really, really sorry it's been so long since you heard from us because our plan for months was to take off election week because we knew we'd be super distracted with the events taking place and also a little burnout because we went really hard um, with the pod during October. Definitely. But... I think we grossly underestimated how much of a toll election week was going to take. My gosh, yeah, because I don't think we knew it would take as many days as it did. I and was just like, uh, watching that damn day. map for day after yeah, day, I never want to look at an electoral map again. That was so rough and stressful. And I told Ashley, I got canker sores in my mouth, which I haven't gotten since I was little, but I used to get them if I had really high anxiety or like really heavy stress. I was like, I think I gave myself like mouth ulcers, basically. Like sometimes you get ulcers in your stomach from anxiety and I got them in my inner lip. In my chompers. It was so obnoxious and annoying, but that is what this election (laughs) did to me. My goodness. Yeah, I just felt like my... heart and stomach were up in my throat for days and it just I was I felt sick but I know we um we just had to take some more time to catch up on life stuff which was supposed to happen on election week which obviously did not nothing got done and also um you know allow our blood pressure to lower so that we could come back and be real full human beings yeah uh, for you so and here we are ready to be weirdos again with you all Yeah, this episode might be a little long or maybe split into two juicy parts because we've got so much content to cover, but we are very excited to be back with you. And Lauren was saying right before we started, uh, we hit record that um, she wanted to make sure that we thanked everyone who checked in on us Yeah. um, during our break because so many of you sent us a message saying, you know, like, we miss you or like, how are you? Are you doing okay? I mean, every day we had a different one and that was really, 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 really nice. 
Yeah, we really appreciate having this amazing community that does check in with each other. And yeah, it's not even just us. I mean, we love when you reach out to us, but that's why the Facebook group has been so great because everyone sort of checked in on each other on the Facebook page too. And people were very honest when they said, hey, I'm kind of in a rut right now. And other people would jump in, give them encouraging words. And I just think we all need that right now. So thank you, everybody. You're wonderful. I know a lot of you stop listening as soon as we start wrapping up, and that's totally fine because I do the same (laughs) with every single show I listen to, but uh, we have started ending every episode with a message of encouragement or hope or advice. So if you're looking for that, just stay tuned or fast forward to the end of each episode if you need a little pick pick me me up. up. Yes. We We all can use it. We're humans. So today we're kind of all over the place. We've got some health stuff. We've got some true crime stuff. We've got a conspiracy theory, which yes. I'm very excited about because some that was... Some science. <laughs> some science. We got all <laughs> kinds of things. But first, um, there's one thing I want to address while we're sort of entrenched in politics. And I'm going to try to make this very, very brief. Um, so we got a review... I've seen this happen to a lot of other podcasts. This is the first time it's happened to us personally, but um, I just need to address it for everyone as we go forward um, with this show, with Keep It Weird. So here's the review. It's from Caitlin223, and it reads, We get it. You're white liberals from California. Your podcast would be good if you didn't just spout all the nonsense thrown at you from MSNBC and CNN. I really couldn't care less about your stance on politics, and I don't want it shoved down my throat every episode. Two thumbs down. (laughs) Which was my favorite part. Just the kindest review. There's a lot to unpack here. Like, first and foremost, we are not from California. (laughs) Nope, definitely not. (laughs) Midwest Uh, all the way. from Walnut Hill, Illinois, (laughs) and it doesn't get much more conservative than that. And are you, okay, are you from Peoria, Illinois? You're from a town right next to Peoria, but you say you're from Peoria because no one knows where you're from. I say Peoria since nobody knows, but I'm from Metamora, which is a town of, I Mm. think they've grown to like maybe 2,900 people, like super tiny, very conservative. I know many of my high school friends are conservative Republicans. Like that is where I'm from. So we're not just California born natural liberals, folks. Every, I don't think I have a family member that's not conservative Republican. But anyways, another thing, who gets their news from CNN and MSNBC anymore? <laughs> that right. was another thing that was uh, fun to unpack. Interesting. No one, no one does. And blah, blah, blah. Don't care about your stance on politics. Don't want to shove down my throat. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Are we saying this to you because we believe you shouldn't have written the review? If you feel as though the quality of our show is lacking because of our political beliefs or because we state our opinions, you have every right to feel that way and you have every right to express how you feel in the form of uh, a review of the show, an iTunes review. This is less a message to Caitlin223 and more so a message to those listening right now, whether you are a new listener or you've been with us for many years. Mm -hmm. We will never not be who we are. We will never lie to you about who we are, and we will never try to hide who we are. This is a conversational show, and it's also our show. Mm -hmm. No one else works on this show. It's just me and Lauren. No one helps us with any aspect of the show. We produce and write and record and edit and promote this show on our own for free. Um, We're not a corporation. We're just two people 
who happen to be American citizens, who pay taxes, and who have opinions, and who occasionally will express them because it's our show. Right. So for anyone who's new to the show and you're wondering things like if we support Black Lives Matter, we do. If we support the LGBTQ community, we do. If we support a woman's right to choose what happens to her own body, we do. And if we are disgusted by any politician or person who tries to take away the rights of human beings because of their own personal religious beliefs, we are. We're disgusted. Mm -hmm. Now, if that happens to align you with a certain political party, it's sad, but I almost said I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. So <laughs> we are who we are and we can't be sorry for that. Yeah. If this is something that you have an issue with, um, I just need to be totally transparent in saying that this is not something that's going to uh, go away. This is who we are as people. And actually, the paranormal and supernatural community is, is surprisingly conservative. And I would be happy to find you a show that suits your specific needs. Or even, like, if anyone knows of any podcasts that are conversational such as this, in which the owners and operators of that podcast do not ever make their political beliefs known, please pass that info yeah, along to me. because that would maybe be something we can broadcast and let people Absolutely. know if they, they need to move away from us. I've personally never heard one uh, in which that was the case, but maybe someone has, and if you have... Seriously, send us the show. We are happy to um, advertise it as an alternative to our show if if something that we believe or say makes you uncomfortable. Right. But we, we have episodes that deal with politics. We have episodes that deal with government conspiracies, uh, episodes that deal with religion. So it's not something we can avoid. Mm-hmm. And also... We are always going to align ourselves with social events and circumstances that are important to us, like Mm -hmm. suicide prevention or mental health awareness or um, Black Lives Matter, because we want to be a source of information for people who maybe don't know where to get that information. We want to be helpful in that way. And we're never trying to be political when we're giving those sources, which, you know, nowadays it's easy to make everything political because things have just become a little more divided, but we are giving those resources out because there are people who might be in desperate need and just don't know where to turn. So we always hope we can be helpful in even some small way. And that might be showing that we align with a certain organization or, you know, a certain cause. And that's just who we are. And we really cannot apologize for it. But we can say, if we're not for you, we understand and we hope you can find a podcast that is more your speed and you have every right to leave us that bad review and move on out. If any of this stuff ruffles your feathers or makes you mad, um, you know, the exits are clearly marked. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, uh, we're we not going to pretend that we have beliefs other than the beliefs that we have and neither is any creator or artist that you follow. So if you'd like to stop following that creator or artist, just see yourself out. Like, just, yeah. You just, just don't have to pay attention to, the to the them. <laughs> right. But yeah, it just sucks because if the Republican Party was the party that supported human rights and the my rights to control what happens to my own body and the rights of, you know, black Amer- black people, not just black Americans, uh, people of color of any nation or uh, the LGBTQ community, I would be a Republican. <laughs> like, right. I don't feel like those uh, views are political, but obviously some people 
believe otherwise. So sure. Yep. That's pretty much it. Um, if anyone again has any uh, podcast recommendations for these people that are uncomfortable listening to our show, please send them our way and we will blast them out on social media so that everyone has those options. Um, I'm also willing to be better about putting it in the warning at the front of the episode if we ever dive into anything political or politically sensitive. So if you want to listen to the show, but that turns you off, you'll know to skip that episode. Lovely. On to a fun subject. We have to thank (laughs) our patrons so much and all like our new patrons and the existing patrons. Amazing. You guys killed it in October. We had 13 new patrons. It was crazy. We just kept looking at our email like how are they still coming in? What is going on? We're so thankful. 13 new patrons. What a lovely number. And a handful of existing patrons that bumped up their donation to get some bonus material. And we're we're just feeling very grateful. So thank you very much. Um, we have a couple new friends to introduce and thanks since we've been um, MIA for like, <laughs> honestly, guys, like I know you just heard us like two weeks ago. We haven't talked to each other, like heard each other's voices in like almost a month. That's how long it's been. Sad. We missed this. So if you did join at the end of October and you didn't hear your name on on our finale episodes, it's because we had already recorded them. So (laughs) thank you very much to Aaron Peck, Marissa Bergman, Ricky Zerer, Giovanna Discepolo, Penny Lane, Brooke Schell, Michelle Michelson, Ansley Lechner, and Irina Nicotina for joining our Patreon in the last couple weeks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You make our hearts sing, and we hope that you have enjoyed all of your extra goodies. Last month and this month, our bonus episode uh, for November actually came out super early. It came out today. Yeah, this was like the earliest release. What a nice surprise. I know. Well, here's the thing. I was like, when I released it, I was like, we are on the ball. And then I was like, oh, wait, I had two fucking weeks off. Like, there's (laughs) no excuse. Like, yes, good thing I did do something productive. All the time in the world. No excuse to release that uh, late. (laughs) Okay, so um, let's get into it. I don't know what you're doing first, but Lauren is going first today. Are you doing conspiracy? I think I am going to do the conspiracy theory first. But before I jump into the conspiracy theory, I wanted to throw in a quick update because I have an update from our listener ghost stories episode, and it's super short. So I'm throwing that in really quick first. So if you guys remember, I read a story from a Reddit user named Last Dances, and I was so sad. Yes, the firehouse. Oh, my God. I finished the story and was like, you guys, I haven't gotten an update. I begged her for it, and she finally messaged me back and was like, I'm so sorry. I know I'm too late for the episode, but here's an update. And also, I told Ashley, two separate people messaged us and said that they knew this person and they knew of this firehouse, which I also thought was just bonkers and a small world situation. Yeah. So I don't know. Somebody like texted her and was like, hey, you need to update this girl (laughs) or what? But she did. So Last Dances writes... After I moved out, one of my best friends moved in. She's lived there for almost four years now, and when she first moved in, the bedroom doors would open and slam on their own, which they Mm. never did when I lived there. She had someone come and sage the entire house and hasn't really had very many issues since, except for just recently, one of the faucets turned on in the middle of the night, which you hate to hear that. hate to see it. She said they had a pumpkin carving party there, and her boyfriend mentioned how he can't watch anything scary at their house. He doesn't like to hear about the experiences that I had while living there. 
And that was her update. So doesn't sound like too much is going on now after the Sage session. Good for them for doing that. And good for you, Last Dances, for getting out of there. It's their problem now, you know? (laughs) And also, thank you for the update. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for writing it. Um, So I just wanted to throw that in because I had to know, like, did she ever go back? What happened? But she's in the clear. Okay, switching gears, conspiracy theories, ladies and gentlemen, and after we just had that lovely long political discussion, we are going to get slightly political. Oh, good. (laughs) What perfect timing. I'm going to just read through it, giving you the information, and then at the end, we can say how we feel. Yeah, I'm going to try my best not to interject. There might be some eye rolls that you guys can't see, but you know. Listen, if I groan, tough titties. (laughs) Tough titties, everybody. But no, I thought this one was so interesting. I had never even heard of this. Didn't know it was happening. But it is called the Jade Helm 15 Theory. So from July 15th to September 15th in 2015, a large body of American military personnel swept through the southwestern United States to conduct what is called Jade Helm 15 This military practice, depending on who you ask, it could be called a large training exercise or a plot to shred the Constitution and place Texas under martial law. You guys decide. (laughs) So now, did this actually happen? This isn't part of the conspiracy? Okay. No, it's a real thing that happened. The conspiracy is more what was it? Great. So, first of all, what is jade helm 15 what was it you know said to be to the public because to me i heard it and was like is that a witch's spell it sounds kind of magical <laughs> jade helm yeah. exactly i liked it but it is the defense department what the defense department calls a realistic military training exercise or an rmt exercise Um, The Pentagon released information and said this is just American special forces coming in to do some make-believe counterinsurgency practice in the southwestern United States, where they pretend they are in hostile areas in different countries, and this is something that is very routine, it's not out of the ordinary, and it would not affect civilians' lives in those southwestern states because they tend to practice out in the middle of nowhere to make it look like they would maybe be in a hostile territory in another country. Um, so all that people would see are some military vehicles coming through town. So they would give them warning to say, hey, there's going to be some huge tanks rolling through town, but don't worry, it's just for this practice and you will not be impacted other than this. And also with this scenario, there included a color-coded map that eventually got released to the public. And this is where everyone took it completely wrong. And if you're reading it, you know, totally out of context, you can see how it would be misconstrued because it's showing, you know, just sort of the bottom half of the country. It's showing California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, literally just the Southwest, that bottom little corner. But the states are, some are blue and some are red. So it looks like they're labeled by political party. And the red ones are labeled as hostile. And by chance, Utah and Texas were red, which are normally Republican states, so that matched up. And then California and Nevada were blue. So people were seeing this and saying, oh, all these conservative states are being called hostile because they're sitting here red. And this is, you know, a political party map. So this is where the conspiracies all came around. And people believed that even though this is very normal for military exercises to label states red, and this was not on purpose... The conspiracy theory got released that President Obama, who was in office at the time, but about Mm -hmm. to leave, 
Um, he was trying to occupy Texas and put them under martial law okay. and just send the military <laughs> in for a complete takeover. Here's the thing, though. I get it because if I saw, I mean, I like that they were like, hey, we're going to be rolling through your town. Like, don't worry about it. It's just training. Me, if I saw like a military, I don't care if it's a military parade and I know that it's scheduled. I'm automatically like, there are aliens in the desert. Yeah, what are or- they doing? <laughs> They're here. They're opening like a new Area 51. Yes, they've opened a portal <laughs> to the next dimension. Exactly. I don't know what they're doing, but I don't buy this military parade stuff. Go on. Totally. You can't even blame them. It's like questions are going to come up. Yeah. And of course, the paranoia got even crazier because of this map that just didn't look great. And then good old Chuck Norris jumped on the bandwagon, what? who loves a good conspiracy theory, I have found out, and I think it's hilarious. He starts tweeting and saying out in public that he thinks the government owes civilians more of an explanation, and he felt that something big was about to happen. And he never outright said Jade Helm is a military takeover, but he believed that the training was suspicious and we weren't being told something. So then people see Chuck freaking Norris saying things, and they're even more like, tell us what's wrong. So some of the crazier theories that started to roll out to build on top of what was already being talked about are my favorite first came from the website all news pipeline. They connected the dots between Jade Helm and the closure of several (laughs) Texas Walmarts. Mm. And they Uh, asked the question on their website, will these massive stores now be used as food distribution centers or house the headquarters of invading troops from China here to disarm Americans one by one because of the Obama administration? So they put that out into the world. If you think Walmart is going to stand for that. Right. Sorely mistaken. They would never... But um, the rumors started swirling because, you know, Obama's about to leave office. This is 2015, you know, right before another election. So they're thinking, hey, this is his way to try and stay in office permanently. He needs this takeover. He needs to secure his office. It's, you know, some may say it's far-fetched. but Some may say. So... The official statement from Walmart was, of course, the store closures are not related to an imminent military takeover. We just are closing some of our stores, some of these locations. We have plenty of others. Don't worry about it. They probably closed those locations because a super Walmart was built within driving distance. And then no one went to the Walmart Walmart anymore because that's what happened in my hometown. Same. That happened to us too. went out of business because the super Walmart opened. The big guys come to town and you have to close. It's a very normal thing. So a few stores closed. Even if it's the same company. Right. But you see, like, that just gets people questioning, like, hey, what if that's where they're passing out the food? Let's go for it. Um, Another fun theory that came out was that a possible asteroid was heading towards Earth at the end of the training exercise because one of those crazy end-of-the-world websites came forward, as they do, saying that September 2015, which is when this exercise was um, estimated to end, uh, right around the time the exercise was going to end was when there was going to be an apocalypse. That was their current predicted date. So they thought this training was getting all of the states ready for martial law, which would take place if there was a catastrophe. But we know that one did not come true because flash forward, hello, we're in 2020 and no asteroid came. So that one was a no-go. Unless were people freaking out. An asteroid did come. Everyone died. This is an alternate universe. Mandela effect situation. And, you know. And 
we just all don't even know yeah, that this happened because we're in a total shitty alternate timeline. universe. Yeah, we're in the crap timeline, and all those people got to experience sweet death instead of experience sweet, 2020. Sweet, warm, <laughs> welcoming death. Sweet <laughs> arms of death instead of 2020 hell. Um, Alex Jones, oh, okay. who isn't this like Joe's favorite guy? Like I say favorite, quote unquote. I don't know. Let me ask him. No, I'm just kidding. I will not put you guys through an a Joe Alex Jones rant right now. Rant. We're too yes, raw. I, I've I've heard one, but I just every time I see Alex Jones' name, I think of Joe and how his face like turns purple yeah. because he just Can't goes off. It. So Alex Jones did a ton of coverage on the story to the surprise of, of no did. one. He was eager to attract the attention of the conspiracy-minded folks while also being clear to add little disclaimers like, hey, I'm not saying there's a military takeover. I don't know. But he was giving his more mild version of the theory saying, okay, maybe Jade Helm basically is a training exercise, but it's a training exercise whose purpose is to practice for a military takeover of Texas maybe in a couple of years from now. Mm. So he was saying, don't be worried now, but definitely just be cautious, because what if something really is happening? So Alex Jones is a very special man who I disagree with on basically everything, but at least in this case, he thought he brought the theory down to a level that was somewhat believable, saying... You know what? I don't think you're being taken over right now. I don't know if Obama's trying to stay in office and take over your town right this minute, but maybe they're training for something bigger in the future because they are being very top secret and search engines at the time were not really giving much information at all except to say, this is an exercise. You don't need to ask questions. We're coming in and we're doing the damn thing. So you know, when you explain it that way, you can kind of understand the people of Texas raising questions and just sort of saying, why aren't you being more transparent? Why can't we know a little bit more as you're driving through our town? But then the question came, how did this become a national news story since it was only taking place in such a small area of the country? The internet. Yeah, I mean, the internet, because it <laughs> exists. Duh. But it, this is where really, like, things took a big turn and it became even bigger news. Texas Governor Greg Abbott's, it's basically his fault that things really got going because beyond the land of internet trolls and conspiracies, on April 27th, 2015, after a crowd of about 150 people turned up to a county commissioner's meeting in a little county just southeast of Austin, Texas, all raising Jade Helm concerns and basically just, like, shouting at the building, um, the next day, Governor Abbott thought, I need to put these fears to rest. I don't want to sound dismissive of my constituents because they're very anti-Obama. And that's basically what keeps him in office is him saying he hates Obama. It's how he stays relevant. So he knew he had to tell them not to be scared, but also try to stay on their side. Stoke the flames. Yes, exactly. So he wrote a letter to the Texas State Guard requesting that they monitor the proceedings because it is important that Texans know their quote-unquote safety, constitutional rights, private property rights, and civil liberties will not be infringed upon. So this managed to elevate the level of attention on the issue, to validate the conspiracy theorists, and to give bored reporters the opportunity to ask even more Texas politicians to also weigh in with their thoughts, making it bigger and bigger. So that's how we got to Senator Ted Cruz. Love him. Asking the Pentagon for reassurances. 
The Pentagon's official statement was that they were definitely not planning a takeover, but again, that's what you would expect them to say, of course. This only made people even more terrified, because now a senator is asking for more information, and they think, wow, this is, this is really climbing up the ladder at this point. There has to be something up. And then it took Representative Louis Gomart, Gomer, Gomort, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, to kick things up to a level of insanity. In a statement on the matter, he said he can certainly understand the Jade Helm worries, and he cast his blame completely on the Obama administration and the military rather than the conspiracy theorists and trolls on the internet. He said in a quote, Once I observed the map depicting hostile, permissive, and uncertain states and locations, I was appalled that the hostile areas were amazingly having a Republican majority, people that cling to their guns and religion and believe in the United States Constitution. When the federal government begins, even in practice, games, or exercises, to consider any U.S. city or state in hostile control and trying to retake it, the message becomes extremely calloused and suspicious. So... He puts that out into the world, and again, everyone goes nuts because they think, yes, this is exactly what we're saying. It's Obama. They're coming after the Republicans. This is what's going on. But let's really look at this map again. I told you kind of the general overview and how things didn't look great if you just sort of glance at it and take it out of context. But looking at it again, it is true that Utah and Texas are Republican-majority areas and they were red. But there was a huge chunk of Southern California that was also red. The majority of it was blue, like leading up into NorCal. But there was a huge chunk at the bottom by LA and San Diego that was red. And we know that ain't true in real life. Then, usually solidly Republican Arizona, except not this year, ladies and gentlemen. But solidly Republican Arizona, it usually is red, was completely blue. And Democratic-leaning New Mexico was brown, which on the map key meant it was leaning hostile, but not completely a hostile territory yet. So those things did not add up to the idea that it was just partisan politics listed on this map. It was indeed a map of military training, simply that, and the colors had nothing to do with the parties, but they were all about the exercise, and the exercises had always used these colors in the past. So his this representative put all of that into the air, People were fact-checking him and saying, no, 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 look at the map again, blah, blah, blah. But, of course, you know, the theorists were all far too gone at this point. So the complaining kept going. The paranoia kept going. The Texas State Guard finally did agree to get involved, and they did monitor the military exercise in order to bring peace to the people of Texas who were freaking the F out. But it was reported that the quote-unquote monitoring was almost laughable and that the Texas State Guard really wasn't doing much because... It seemed to be just a military exercise, and everything was fine. So from July to September in 2015, the exercise took place, did its thing, and it ended, and the military personnel got out of town. Nothing out of the ordinary. So the conspiracy was mostly put to rest, but, of course, there's a few people in the South still to this day that do not think they were given enough information on this exercise and that there are probably codes and drills in place that we as civilians should know a little bit more about. And hey, the military still could have been training for something big to happen in the coming years. Like I mentioned before, like we don't know. Um, and we we don't know for sure that, you know, they're doing these exercises more often than we even know. In fact, there was word of another Jade Helm exercise that took place back in 2017. People were still concerned once they found out about it and that the government still refused to release 
information on it and you couldn't really look anything up on Google. So the theorists did come out a bit, but just not as strong as the first time around in 2015 because it had been died out just a bit. Yeah. Yes. And then in 2018, uh, some political articles were released that were quoting Michael Hayden, a former director of the CIA, claiming that the whole uproar was actually started by Russian bots who were trolling the internet and attempting to spread scary misinformation in order to bring the Democrats down, which is pretty much, you know, what we hear a lot of the time when there's a wild political conspiracy theory that Russia has gotten involved. Proved it multiple times. Exactly. So when I heard this, I was sort of like, okay, well, now I sort of understand how this got started because it was nuts how... I just started with a couple of forums and then, you know, kept gaining traction, gaining traction. And then suddenly po- all these politicians are involved and it's everywhere. And it starts with a couple of forums and then someone makes a meme out of it and puts it on Facebook. And then someone's right. Aunt Karen posts that meme and that goes to all her friends who post the meme that goes all their friends. You know what I mean? Like, that's how all of this yeah. starts. That's how all of this it like Hollywood like rapes babies. That's how all that shit oh starts. Oh, my gosh. Is that like, yeah. The memes get made and no one bothers to actually do any research. They just share, share, share. 100%. So I heard that. And after all the theories thrown out and, you know, all of the different possibilities, I heard that from the director of the CIA. And I thought that makes more sense to me because, again, it also gets even more escalated when it's close to an election year, which was happening in 2016, Mm -hmm. the year after. So, you know people were looking for something to be mad about and everyone wanted to take Obama down and make sure the Democrats had no chance of keeping their place with the presidency. So Don't worry, we did could told you you could <laughs> yeah, and we did not. So it worked. <laughs> um yeah, so I think for me, I kind of buy into that. I could totally see that a Russian bot maybe interfered and got the paranoia started. Um but There's also times where I don't completely trust military exercises. You know, like you said, if I were to see tanks rolling through town, I would have some questions and some theories. So I don't blame these people completely at all. But I'm also, you know, I know that if the military is doing something and I'm like, hey, tell me what you're doing. Like, no, they're not going to tell me what they're they're doing. Like, that's a matter of national security. So, okay, they tell me what I'm doing. What's to stop me from selling that information to whomever I want to sell it to? Like, of course, they're not going to tell you what they're doing. And that's the whole thing, you know, with, um, uh, you know, the NSA listening to phone calls and, and, you know, our Internet searches and everything. And it's like... Did they have a right to do that? No, they should not be spying on their own citizens. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like the fact that it's like, you didn't tell us. And it's like, why would they tell you? They're that never does not going make to tell sense. You. I know. I kept thinking that over and over while I was doing my research for this of like, these people are begging to be given more information. And, you know, these senators are speaking out and saying, tell us what you're doing. Like, you should know being on the inside that like, no one's going to tell us shit. Yeah, and I don't trust fucking anyone in politics, period. But I also know that for my own safety, I would like the military to not tell 
Johnny Two Shoes in Texas about our next move. Like, like, please don't do that for my safety. Do not tell him. I know. It almost made me feel safer to read those lines that were like, yeah, you can't find anything about these military exercises on Google no matter how hard you dig because... Of course, other countries will then go digging and learn our every move in the case of a hostile takeover. And it's like, no, we need to keep those things secret. That's why they're going out into the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, I get that. I understand why there's questions. Again, it's like I can play both sides. Like, I get it. Tanks rolling through town. You're scared. You don't know anything. But, yeah, like, of course, they got to keep some things secrets. They're doing their training. Let them do it. Or maybe there's going to be or an apocalypse <laughs> and they are going to make martial law happen in Texas. Maybe it's all true. I have no I idea. I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> we won't know till it happens oh, or doesn't exactly. happen. <laughs> but now you know Jade Helm is a thing because I had, I truly had no idea this ever existed or that this was ever a controversy. Jade Helm sounds like a, ju- a necklace you can buy. Oh, it does. From like... Armani. I don't know if Armani makes necklaces. That was maybe dumb. Who makes necklaces? Yeah, I know. Now I'm like, Cervoski who makes jewelry? Crystals. I don't know. Yeah, K. crystals. I don't know. I don't know where people <laughs> buy jewelry. I buy jewelry from my mom. Basically, she gives me every piece of jewelry I own. I've given you quite a few pieces of jewelry That's too. True. So I'm like, you me have. and Pam. <laughs> I like to deck you out. Um, I do not go to fancy places. I won't (laughs) lie to you. You're not getting Gucci. Does Gucci make jewelry? I don't know. Couldn't tell. We don't know stuff, guys. We don't know things. If it requires money, I don't know about it. Precisely. So my first thing today, uh, this is actually something I brought up on a past episode. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, Listener Ghost Stories, maybe. We recorded that like a month ago. Who freaking Uh knows? (laughs) But I wanted to talk more about it today. It's called transgenerational trauma or okay. um, intergenerational trauma. It's also You have mentioned to. this before. I'm so excited. This is actually an extremely new idea and field of study. Um, it was first recognized in 1966 when psychologists began to observe large numbers of children of Holocaust survivors seeking mental help in clinics in Canada. Okay. The grandchildren of Holocaust survivors were extremely overrepresented as well by like 300% among the referrals to a psychiatry clinic compared uh, with their representation in the general public. Whoa. So interesting. Um, Yeah. And since then, since that study, they have studied transgenerational trauma in descendants of slaves Native Americans, war survivors, refugees, survivors of abuse, and just people who have had really intense psychologically troubling experiences. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to go over a couple of the studies that have been done and and their results. First of all, symptoms of intergenerational trauma are basically the same symptoms of PTSD. And this kind of like lit a light bulb up in my brain because... I actually was told by my last therapist that I had PTSD. Like I had several indicators of PTSD, but it's like from what? I've never like from suffered what trauma. Yeah. A major trauma in my life. I mean, you know, I've I've got anxiety and depression, but I've never suffered right. a, a, a traumatic experience that I think would give me PTSD. 
Yeah, for a therapist to say PTSD, like that is a big claim of like, yeah, you know, then you start to think, did I repress Man, something? Like, fuck? oh my gosh, did I have a childhood trauma? We examined this for months and we couldn't find, we couldn't pinpoint any any event that could have triggered a PTSD reaction. But this made me think, like, could it be that I was born with PTSD imprinted on my DNA? You know, my dad was in Vietnam. My grandfather mm-hmm. fought in Korea. So... I mean, if this is true, possibly. And then I also started thinking, like, could this explain serial killers like Ted Bundy, who seemingly was raised in a good home by good parents or grandparents, but there was always a question as to whether Bundy's grandfather was also his father, meaning his grandfather sexually abused his own daughter to the point of getting her pregnant. Right. And could that abuse that she experienced imprint itself onto Ted Bundy? Because uh-huh. he's always been sort of an outlier where it's like, well, what happened to him? Because he has no yeah. head injuries. Uh, he didn't have no, all the like, usual things. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, so No what, direct abuse to him. What happened to this guy? Fascinating. So one major way that trauma seems to be inherited has to do with pregnancy itself. The gestational stage in our development is extremely sensitive, as everyone knows. You know, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't do anything that you can't have a bunch of chemicals in your body. Because exposure to harmful stimuli during this stage can have life, like long-lasting effects on not only the child, but also the adult that they will become. Uh-huh. And many studies have been done and have shown that trauma experienced by a mother during pregnancy can affect the child's physiology and psychology. Dang. And there's a very simple but crazy fascinating reason for this. So this is a little... <laughs> This health class here. A woman's (laughs) uterine environment, uh, it has a unique blend of of the mother's cellular secretions and her proteins. And these are a major source of stimuli. And I had to look up this word because I wasn't sure what it was. A vesicle. I haven't heard that since like science class in Uh -uh. uh, high school. But a vesicle basically is a structure within or outside of a cell. And they help transport materials to different places. So these transport vesicles transfer amino acids and micro RNA from the uterine fluid to the fetus. So those molecules, if they're experiencing stress due to the mother experiencing stress, they can transport that stress basically and alter gene expression in a way that affects the development of the fetus itself. It's so wild. Which is crazy. And it's like, I knew some of this only because doctors tell you, like, do not, you know, overstress, try Mm -hmm. to, they're always just telling you, like, relax as much as possible and, like, try not to get into stressful and traumatic situations. Obviously, some of it you can't help because you're a human and events happen to you. But, you know, they tell you to avoid anything that could be stressful. And that was always so scary for me because not that anything was happening super traumatically, but I did go through some bouts of depression and heavy anxiety while I was pregnant. And my constant thought was, I hope I'm not passing this on to Wilder in some way. Like, I hope he is not going to get my depression because he's getting like some of my chemicals while I'm going through this. That was yeah. always my fear. And it still is because he's so little. We don't know anything yet. But ugh. yeah, anyway. which is like, then you're stressed about that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so if you weren't it's stressed never before, ending. now you are. Oh, man. 
Uh, now, the reason a lot of transgenerational trauma studies focus on anxiety disorders is because it's so easy to study. And it's so easy to study the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which I, of course, am going to call the HPA axis because I never want to say that again. So Totally fair. The HPA axis is the center of the body's stress response system. So uh, one major way it responds to stress is by triggering the production of cortisol. And cortisol is what then triggers fight or flight um, and, and the physiological symptoms that come along with it, like increased blood pressure and heart rate. So when we study, say, animal testing, which is horrible, I know, but it's been done. What do you want me to do about it? Mm -hmm. maternal stress and trauma during pregnancy has been shown to reduce the enzyme that converts the mother's cortisol to inactive cortisone and this leads to increased fetal exposure to the mother's steroid hormones which affects the development of the fetus's hpa axis and i say all that confusing stuff just to say this is a real and measurable thing yeah. It's not just My like goodness. a theory floating out there. Like you can actually yeah. measure this in animals and people. This is real science that's showing it's happening, which is which is wild. And this is especially important when you think about women giving birth to women because women are born with a certain amount of eggs. You get this many eggs, like half a million to a million eggs. That's it. And your eggs develop inside of you inside the womb. So... While your mother was developing you inside her womb, she was also developing her granddaughter's eggs, too. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. I've never thought about that. So my grandma also developed me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Which is wild to think about. It's weird to think about that. Yeah, like she was making sure that Mm -hmm. like you were going to have eggs because she was, you know, creating a woman who was going to create a woman. Yeah. So that's wild to think about. And then you can see how the trauma can be passed from generation to generation. And that could also be an explanation as to why women suffer from more psychological problems than men do on average. Mm, Um, because it can so easily just be like handed off to us without anything actually happening to us in our lives (sighs) makes so much sense i know so this is actual (sighs) cell development but there are other ways people believe we can experience transgenerational trauma and now i'm going to focus more on a study done on men so studies have shown that the sons of pow's prisoners of war Mm-hmm. have an 11% higher adult mortality rate than sons of non-POW veterans. Okay. An adult mortality rate is like age 16 to 60. Basically, you died not of like a car accident, but you died of some sort of health issue before you hit an age where your body should be uh, naturally breaking down. Okay. And then other factors just didn't factor in, like the father's social status, the son's job, the son's marital status. These things couldn't account for the higher mortality rate. There was no connection or through line between any of them. Right. So this excess mortality rate was mainly due to higher rates of cerebral hemorrhage. Oof. And the sons of POW veterans were also slightly more likely to die from cancer. Oh, great. What? How? It's interesting. But the, and the thing is, is the daughters of former POWs were immune to these effects. They, they didn't 
count. Like they oh, were that's fine. That's fascinating. Like just to the men. Mm-hmm. Which wow. So first, when they started noticing this, they had to make sure it wasn't a genetic defect or a trait. So they basically had to go through the history past the POW veteran, and they found that there were only effects among sons born after, but not before the war. So the POW's father had no signs of these effects, so it wasn't genetic, and uh-huh. the sons of POWs that were conceived before they were captured had no effects. It was only the sons who were conceived by prisoners of war after they were prisoners of war, after they were captured. Oh, whoa. So This then, is all crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> My jaw is just like on the floor as I'm listening to you. And I feel like I'm in a science class. I'm learning so much. But this also rules out things like abuse because you could say, well, what if the increased risk of death or these health problems was due to uh, prisoners, POW veterans abusing their children? Well, then. Sure, which can happen. Yeah, we would see it in all of their children, not just these male children born after they were captured. True. Like that's where it's weird. So, what they believe and what they are studying is that there is what is known as an epigenetic effect. And epigenetics is the study of um, inheritable phenotype changes that do not involve alterations in the DNA sequence, but they add little tags onto our DNA. So it doesn't necessarily alter our DNA because that causes things like Down syndrome, you know, when you have an extra chromosome or something like that. Um, But it adds like little markers, like tiny chemical tags are added to Mm. or sometimes removed from our DNA in response to changes in the environment in which we are living. And then these tags then will turn genes on or off. So you know how some people are just biologically prone to obesity? Yeah. Well, a lot of the time it's argued that it's lifestyle. You know, their parents were obese and they didn't watch what their kids ate and now they're obese and that's what it is. Yeah. But it actually could be that their DNA was literally chemically tagged by their father or mother who was obese. Yeah. They just had no chance. Now, again, I am sorry I did not choose for there to be animal testing. There just is. (laughs) It just exists. It is not our fault. We can really study this in animals. And this study is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. It was a 2013 study where researchers filled the cages of adult male mice with the scent of cherry blossom. At the same time, they would zap their feet with an electric current. And after several repetitions of this, the mice associated the smell of cherry blossom with pain. So shortly afterwards, the males bred with female mice, and just so everyone knows, they were never introduced to their pups, so it's not like they passed them a note. Um... (laughs) But when their pups were exposed to the scent of cherry blossom, they became more jumpy and nervous than the pups whose fathers had not been conditioned to fear it. Oh. Then the grand pups of the traumatized males also showed heightened sensitivity to the scent. Oh my goodness. Neither generation showed a greater sensitivity to smells in general, like smells other than cherry blossom. Um, it was just the cherry blossom. Yeah, which showed that the inheritance was specific to that scent alone. And again, they yep. were not raised with their father and their grandfather. They were separated yeah. immediately. This was part of their DNA now to fear 
the scent of cherry blossom. That is nuts that that can be passed down. Like yeah. the fear of that smell to the grand pups. To the grand pups. And actually further than that, they found out. But the thing is, is that it didn't just, they not only found the chemical like markers on their DNA. Um, uh, basically, they found markers on their d- DNA that was on the gene coding of a smell receptor. But also, when the mice died and their brains were dissected, they found that there were a greater number of the neurons that detect the cherry blossom scent compared with the control mice who never had to go through this. Oh. So their bodies literally physically changed too. Yeah. It wasn't just psychological. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now the second and third generations of these mice did not have a fear of the scent, but still had a sensitivity to it. And then after Mm -hmm. that, it seemed to fade away. Okay. So that's just like a little electric current going through your feet. So think about right. someone who had to be a prisoner of war. and Just one of the biggest traumas you can ever experience. Yeah. Like, and then... Of course something changed in you. Literally passed... It changed their own DNA mm-hmm. and passed it on to their offspring. Which wow. is just, I can't even I can't even, think yeah, I'm it. like, my head can't even wrap around it. That it can actually change your DNA and be passed down, which shows it's not just like, go see a therapist and that takes it all mm-hmm. away. Like, of course, you have to deal with things psychologically and oh, you yeah. should see a therapist. I'm not saying that. But just the fact that it is physically changing something in your body and then for generations to come, it will still be felt if the trauma was deep enough. I... This is just a whole new thing. You're blowing my mind. Um, That is actually something I want to stress, that this should not lead you to feel like a sense of hopelessness, like, oh, it's in my DNA. There's no hope for me. Like, if anything, it should make you feel hopeful because of the advancements in the field of psychology and psychiatry every single day, um, they're learning this stuff. And if they can learn this stuff, like, you know, for example, like, um, you know, I I somehow have uh, symptoms of PTSD. So maybe we can never find uh, the the event in my life. So how do then I come to terms with trauma inflicted on my father? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, okay, yeah. so then how do we address that? That's something they're going to be able to work on now because they know yeah. about it. They've discovered this and now science is only going to advance further. And now, Mm -hmm. you know, therapists are going to be able to be given the tools to work with you in the best way possible and say, we're going to deal with something that your grandfather experienced right now. But I mean, they're learning more and more every day. I'm trying to be nicer to my brain because I'm constantly calling it my dumb brain because it doesn't function like it's supposed to. But sure. I have to remind myself that my brain does a lot of really cool things too. So I should it does be nicer. So many amazing things. To my yes. brain. It's still a gift. So anyway, I th- highly recommend you guys read more about this. There's so many papers and studies that have been done. It's so fascinating. Again, it's called transgenerational or intergenerational trauma. And um, wow. actually, I think Joe told a story about this. We didn't know what we were talking about, but it was the, the story that he told on one episode about the crows. Oh, yeah. Where um, they were, uh, they tested the memory of crows and like they thought that they were passing on this information. So basically what they did is they put these masks on, this, this group of scientists put these masks on and went into this, you know, big 
family of crows, this murder of crows, and terrorized them. They threw rocks at them. They made loud noises. It got the crows riled up like, what the fuck? Like, this sucks. Like, you're scaring us. Yeah. Then they went away. And they would come back without the masks on, and the crows didn't react. But if they put the masks on, the crows would react. So then they went away for years, for like a couple generations of the crow's life. Like the original crows are dead. They went back, walked into the the murder of crows in the wild. You know, they're all tagged or whatever. Walked into this murder of crows and no reaction from the crows. And then they put on the masks. They didn't do anything. They just put on the masks and the crows went fucking crazy. they freaked out. Yeah. So, of course, we thought that it was like, oh, the the, the grandpa crow taught the child crow about these masked men. Before knowing this existed, you're just like, maybe they had some really strong communication skills. (laughs) Yeah. Pass on the story of the masked men. (laughs) It's just in their DNA now. Like, those masks are scary. And it's part of who I am now to be scared of those masks. This all makes so much sense. I can't believe... This has been a new discovery. Like, this has been needed for so long. And it's amazing that science has come this far. This is just so, so, so cool. And I think, like we just keep saying, I think this could really change a lot of people's lives for the better as this just keeps advancing and, you know, psychologists and doctors can work together and address, like, the physical and the psychological things that are going on when you inherit this. Like, there's going to be stuff you can do to take care of yourself. That's the hope. Um, What do you say? Do you want to wrap this episode up, say goodbye, and then we can do a whole new episode of stuff because we're only halfway through. (laughs) I know. Yeah. And we're already at a pretty good stopping point. So let's do it. Well, that is all the time we have uh, this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. Follow us on social media at Keep It Weird Cast across all platforms. Join our Facebook group if you want to get on some fun games, meme sharing, and hanging with an entire community of weirdos. Check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast if you want to receive bonus episodes and newsletters and discounts on merch. And check out our Etsy page at etsy.com slash shop slash keepitweirdpodcast if you want to get yourself a t-shirt, tank top, hoodie, or even sweatpants. I still haven't ordered my sweatpants. Ashley, who are you even? Get the sweats. I'm wearing them right now. They're everything. Um, join us next week for another episode of Helter Skelter. <laughs> We're doing more science and health and a, what are you doing again? Oh, true crime story. Um, Creepy ass story. <laughs> as for a sign off today, why not? Ooh, why not? Uh, do like a challenge for each other. So Ooh, okay. try something new for your mental health this week. Like, I like it. Taking a walk every day. Um, maybe try a supplement um, or try meditating for five minutes a day or try not eating mm-hmm. junk food for four days straight. Um, Oof, that's the biggest challenge, but something I need. So let's all just try one and then we can share our experiences. And if something works for someone, like let us know and we can all help each other out. Love that. Yeah, give us the tips and advice on what works for you guys, and we will come back and say what we were able to do. Yeah, let's do that. Love it. And have grace with yourselves. Take care of yourselves. And keep it weird. Keep it weird. Okay, I'm looking good over here. I'm ready. Okay, wonderful. 
Let me take a swig. Do it. I just get as many bubbles in my fucking stomach <laughs> as I can. <laughs> okay. <laughs>